de gardenia tiene tu boca the great beyonce once said who roamed the world girls and there hasn't been a truer statement since for this episode i want to talk about the great the fearsome the compassionate women i'm going to segment this episode in three parts in the first part, I want to talk about one of the most famous Puerto Rican artists, Julia de Burgos. And forgive me, but I'm biased. I love poetry. And I just recently finished Julia de Burgos' Antología de Poemas. And my mom's from Carolina, so I had to pick her. I know there are so many incredible Puerto Rican women, dead and alive, that we can talk about, and maybe we will for future episodes. But today, we'll focus on the great Julia. The second part will be dedicated to my personal Puerto Rican role models. And in the last, and I apologize for being morbid, we'll talk about the femicides that are happening in La Isla. So sit tight. Now I must say, is there anything more beautiful than Puerto Rican women? The answer is obviously no. Stronger, louder, scarier, more stubborn than us. I have lived for 31 years in this world and have yet to find a more mystical creature. I mean, we are born out of pitorro y coquito, and raised with arroz con pollo y tostones, and built on salsa y merengue. We nurture families who admire, and sometimes fear us, or most of the time fear us if you're doing it right. We have seen it all, lived through it all, and the poet Julia de Burgos is no exception. Julia Constanza Burgos Garcia was born in 1914 in Santa Cruz, Carolina. She was the eldest of seven, seven siblings. Because back then, there was no birth control. Which is another thing you should thank Puerto Rican women for. She went to study education in the University of Puerto Rico in Rio Piedras and was certified as a teacher. In 1935, she served as a teacher in a school in Cedro Arriba, Naranjito, where she wrote her famous poem, Rio Grande de Loisa, published that same year. The poem goes, Rio Grande de Loisa, alárgate en mi espíritu, y deja que mi alma se pierda en tus riachuelos, para buscar la fuente que te robó de niño, y en un ímpetu loco te devolvió el sendero. Enróscate en mis labios, y deja que te beba, para sentirte mío por un breve momento, y esconderte en el mundo, y en ti mismo esconderte, y oír voces de asombro en la boca del viento. Apéate un instante del lomo de la tierra, y busca de mis ansias el íntimo secreto. Confúndeme en el vuelo de mi ave fantasía, y déjame una rosa de agua en mis ensueños. Río grande de Loíza, mi manantial, mi río, desde que alzóse al mundo el pétalo materno. Contigo se bajaron desde las rudas cuestas a buscar nuevos surcos mis pálidos anhelos. Y mi niñez fue toda un poema en el río, y un río en el poema de mis primeros sueños. Llegó la adolescencia, me sorprendió la vida, prendida en lo más ancho de tu viajar eterno. Y fui tuya mil veces, y en un bello romance, me despertaste el alma y me besaste el cuerpo. ¿A dónde te llevaste las aguas que bañaron mis formas en espiga del sol recién abierto? 
¿Quién sabe en qué remoto país mediterráneo algún fauno en la playa me estará poseyendo? ¿Quién sabe en qué aguacero de qué tierra lejana me estaré derramando para abrir surcos nuevos? ¿O si acaso, cansada de morder corazones, me estaré congelando en cristales de hielo? Río Grande de Loíza, azul, moreno, rojo, espejo azul, caído pedazo azul del cielo, desnuda carne blanca que se te vuelve negra cada vez que la noche se te mete en el lecho, roja franja de sangre cuando baja la lluvia, a torrentes su barro te vomitan los cerros. Río hombre, pero hombre con pureza de río, porque das tu azul alma cuando das tu azul beso. Muy señor río mío, río hombre, único hombre, que ha besado en mi alma al besar en mi cuerpo. Río grande de Loíza, río grande, llanto grande, el más grande de todos nuestros llantos isleños. Si no fuera más grande, el que de mí se sale por los ojos del alma para mi esclavo pueblo. Amazing, isn't it? Here she addresses the pain and violence suffered by the natives of the island and African slaves along the Puerto Rican River. She returned to the UPR to study preschool education, and she also took a course on English literature and contemporary civilizations. In 1936, her poems, Responso de Ocho Partidas, were published. The same year, she began working at La Escuela del Aire, where she later got fired due to her pro-independence ideals. In 1937, her mother died of cancer, and Julia wrote a poem titled Mi Madre y el Río. There's a stanza in the poem that goes, Casi humanos, los gritos me penetran la carne. Ella se fue, oh mi conternado de ausencia. Se me fue de las manos como rosa extraviada, y me dejó en el alma, toda ella en esencias. I think Julia is one of the greats because she depicts the reality she lived in. No flowers or happy endings. Exploring topics not everyone would take on, especially from a woman of color. But I think she's an artist, a great one at that, because she does it so beautifully. Now, Julia lived a hard life. She married at 20 and divorced three years later. She began a romantic relationship with a Dominican political exile, and the relationship ultimately did not work out. And in the final years of her life, life was hard with depression and alcoholism, spending extended periods of time in the hospital. In the end, she was found by police officers on the street, unconscious and without ID. On July 5th, 1953, she was admitted to Harlem Hospital, where she later died. The official cause of death was pneumonia. By the time her family found her, she was already dead and buried. Her remains were exhumed and repatriated to Puerto Rico. Maybe Julia knew what would happen as she wrote Poema para mi muerte. Here she says, Morir conmigo misma, abandonada y sola, en la más densa roca de una isla desierta, en el instante un ansia suprema de claveles, y en un paisaje 
un trágico horizonte de piedra. Mis ojos todos llenos de sepulcros de astro, y mi pasión tendida, agotada y dispersa. Mis dedos como niños, viendo perder la nube, y mi razón poblada de sábanas inmensas. Mis pálidos afectos retornando al silencio, hasta el amor hermano derretido en mi senda. Mi nombre destorciéndose amarillo en las ramas, y mis manos crispándose para darme a las hierbas, incorporarme el último, el integral minuto, y ofrecerme a los campos con limpieza de estrella, doblar luego la hoja de mi carne sencilla, y bajar sin sonrisa mi testigo a la inercia. Que nadie me profane la muerte con sollozos, ni me arropen por siempre con inocente tierra, que en el libre momento me dejen libremente disponer de la única libertad del planeta. Con qué fiera alegría comenzarán mis huesos a buscar ventanitas por la carne morena, y yo, dándome, dándome feroz y libremente, a la intemperie y sola rompiéndome cadenas. ¿Quién podrá detenerme con ensueños inútiles cuando mi alma comience a cumplir su tarea, haciendo de mis sueños un amasijo fértil para el frágil gusano que tocará mi puerta? Cada vez más pequeña, mi pequeñez rendida, cada instante más grande y más simple la entrega. Mi pecho quizás ruede a iniciar un capullo. ¿Acaso irán mis labios a nutrir azucenas? ¿Cómo habré de llamarme cuando solo me quede recordarme en la roca de una isla desierta, un clavel interpuesto entre el viento y mi sombra, hijo mío y de la muerte? Me llamará poeta. Julia was a true gifted artist. Exploring our island's colonial past and the legacy of slavery and American imperialism, her work will live on and touch the lives of many for years to come. A tragic life, but a strong woman. Now, I have been surrounded by strong women my whole life. From my mother to my sister to my aunts, to my grandmother, to my friends. In that department, I'm certainly not lacking. In fact, one of my fondest childhood memories was the day I knew I wanted to become a mother because my mom was the strongest, kindest person I knew. And she loved being a mother. That defined her. I longed to be someone's hero, someone's everything, at least for a while, just as she was mine. She had survived so much. I mean, she was separated from her biological parents when she was young and became essentially a ward of the state, sent up to live with my adopted grandparents, never knowing all of her siblings, 15 in total, supposedly, bullied, worked herself through college, married and moved to Ponce with her husband's family, missing her home, longing for el pueblo de Carolina, el campo, holding multiple jobs when her husband lost his, raising three kids, putting food on the table, surviving a cheating spouse, keeping her family together. I mean, 
The list goes on and on. My Puerto Rican mother is strong and sad, powerful and sick with lupus, humble and frustrated, truly a mystical creature. She is the reason I am me. And although I don't want to repeat her life, I'm grateful for the lessons she passed down to me. I'm grateful for who she is. She taught me some great lessons. She taught me to be kind, even in adversity. She taught me to love others, even as I didn't love myself. But most of all, she taught me to follow my own path. And this is the lesson that comes with the most guilt. Because I did follow my own path, all the way to India, Connecticut, and D.C. Following your own path comes with sacrifice and pain. Nobody really tells you that. I also have strong female friends, from actresses and artists, to editors and accountants, to activists and teachers. They are, at times, everything I wish I was. And sometimes, they are my lifeline. One of them even recommended I started this podcast, so you have her to blame. <laughs> they are all beautifully amazing, fearsome creatures. And I am lucky enough to have them in my life. They will all do great things. And I am honored to be their cheerleader. And I am grateful to have them on my side. There was a time I thought I would never have that. Unfortunately, not everybody thinks like this. Growing up, I have seen, or at least by proxy, how the men in our island do not treat these beautifully amazing, fearsome creatures with the respect and love they deserve. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I've lost count on the number of times I've heard people talk about another woman who went missing, or the times female friends check on each other after a night out, making sure you check in, you know, when you get home, or tell me you're okay, send me a text. When I worked in hotels, I was used to seeing housekeepers come in with a black eye and bruises. It's no secret. Men beat women, abuse them, mutilate their bodies, kill them, bury them, and throw them down the river, and go on with their lives as if nothing had happened. They fear losing their reputations more than their wives. Although I'm talking about femicides today, If you are a true crime junkie, like me, you can also check out Crime Pod Puerto Rico by Armando Torres to hear about the many crime stories that have taken our island by storm. Now, femicides and gender violence is not new. But in the last months, the killings of Keishla Rodriguez and Andrea Ruiz has spurred protests against a system that constantly fails to protect women from predators and murderers. Andrea Ruiz did everything right. She even went to court to protect herself from an ex-boyfriend who followed her, harassed her, and threatened her. After she pleaded for her ex-boyfriend's arrest to get a protection order and detailed the emotional abuse and persecution she suffered, the judge found no cause to arrest him. A month later, her body was found on the side of the road in Calle, so disfigured that they had to use dental records for identification. Like I said, 
She did everything right. Yet the system failed her, and we lost another woman, sister, friend. Keishla Rodriguez was the girlfriend of boxer Felix Verdejo, who is married, by the way. She had been with him for most of her life, and she got pregnant with his child. Her body was found on the San Jose Lagoon in San Juan, two days after her family reported her missing. After she told Verdejo she was pregnant, he met with her, punched her in the face, injected her with a mixture of heroin and fentanyl, tied her up with wire, and bound her to a cinder block, and threw her over the bridge. And if that wasn't enough, he also shot her from the bridge above. Our government has failed to address gender violence and only seems to care about it when people are marching to their doors. Yes, they have to do better, but it has to be in all levels, at school, at work, at court, at the local level, at home. This type of anger towards women is not inherited at birth. It is taught. It's what they see, what they hear, what they learn. And more to that is them thinking they can get away with it, as many have before. Boys have to be taught to treat girls with respect before they turn into men, to be accountable for their actions before they choose a profession in politics or the justice system, before they become husbands or fathers. It is our job to hold them accountable, always. To call them out on the things they do to stop making excuses for them, and to call a rapist a rapist and a murderer a murderer. Not to tell stories about what a good student he was and how much he's suffering. We do not get to tell the world that the suffering of a male murderer excuses the brutal killing of a female. We do not get to worry about a rapist's future when a life has been lost. Some say that people are not their worst mistake, but I can apply it to this. Violence is not a mistake. You don't wake up one day and decide to brutally murder your girlfriend. You make a choice, or a string of choices, that lead you to this horrible act. So I choose to remember their crimes. Always. For all the beautifully amazing fearsome creatures I love and for all of those who never made it home. I choose to remember them. Tu risa es una rima De alegres notas Semes en tus cabellos Cual onda de la mar 